Hi, welcome to Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. This podcast is a ministry of Christ Covenant Church in Atlanta, where our pastors and members dig deeper into the sermon and its text together. Our goal is to consider new questions and observations while looking at the passage so that we might more practically apply God's word to our life. If you have a question for our pastors, please feel free to engage our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. Or if you'd like to find more resources from our church like this one, please visit ChristCovenant.com forward slash resources. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our sermon talk back. Well, uh, we have been talking about sex and dating. Um, if you have not heard the sermon, I'm just going to ask you to go back and listen to both sermons, maybe before proceeding, because I do want to be able to use some of the language that we laid forward. Uh, but just to kind of give a quick little bit of framework for this talk back, uh, we talked in the most recent sermon on dating that um, really dating is kind of this sea, and it can be a rough sea, and it can mm-hmm. be a dangerous sea between the covenant of family, you're underneath your parents' authority, you're in a household, and and that's a safe place, we hope, you know, it should be by God's design, and the covenant of marriage, where you're in covenant community with a husband or with a wife. Um, And so, but in the middle there, there's this weird sea that we have to maneuver of breakups and love songs and um, trying to figure out how to ask somebody out and trying to figure out how to take them out. And so that's where it gets spicy. And so <laughs> I am very pleased to be joined today uh, by two ladies that I count as much wiser than <laughs> I am, uh, Liz Franchot, <laughs> um and Jennifer McClish. And they kind of come in different stages. Liz, um, she is in a very committed relationship, so guys uh you know <laughs> back off but she is uh not engaged not married you know i would still say in the single phase of life um though uh seriously dating someone jennifer been happily married for how long 29 years 29 yeah what, and, what are you gonna you got big plans for the big 3 y'all gotta do something big uh yeah exactly we're Paige just trying to I, get through this we have year. 15 <laughs> We have 15 coming up next year. That's I mean, we're yeah. you know almost a year out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're on our 15th year. Um, but you do also have uh, a wedding in the fam. I have a wedding coming up for our oldest, and then I have uh, our daughter, and then I have two sons who are out there in the dating world. So, all right, so we're all uh, thinking yeah. about this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Emriana is heading into middle school next year, so I mean, <laughs> you're it entering happens. the sea. It gets spicy. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so I want to I want to try to be really really practical here. Now we're going to try to be as practical as we can be. We're going to try. We did have some questions that were sent in, um, and we do have the um, wait. I think actually all three of us and Jordan Coughlin will join us for the live Q and A on July 16. So mm. we'll oh, be I back. Be we'll be back. Oh yeah, you're not. I'm, gonna I'm be not going to be there. But oh, oh it's Aaron Glover. Oh yeah! Oh great! Oh, I know, I know. And you want to talk about what a treat? Yeah, you want to talk about young love, Aaron and Chris Glover. Uh. There's no greater (laughs) love story than a love story from Albertville, Alabama. But (laughs) anyway, um, we'll do that. And so there's a we want to get practical here. Um, I I want to give just kind of a couple of practical things as we get going, and then we'll get to some of the questions. Okay, I I, call me old school, (laughs) but a couple of things. First of all. You know, I do think that the man should initiate the asking out, right? I think a woman can show interest. I think a woman can make that easier for a man to do and and let him know that she is interested in him and that, you know, she thinks he's great because it's hard to, I mean, you know, it is, it is, that is like, you got to kind of psych yourself up for it, especially (laughs) in the way that I'm about to um, propose. Um, and again, this was the only option available kind of in my dating days, but I still believe it's right. I think that you should ask out in person or be a, via a phone call, a voice to voice interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier to kind of say over text message, you want to do something sometime or like have a very casual ask out. I understand why guys do that. 
Um, but I, I just think that, you know, it, it shows some, it, it actually shows a great deal of courage. Um, and, and I actually think like dating is, it should be a courageous game, not a, yes. not an arrogant game, but you should move forward with confidence and confidence that comes in the Lord. Again, you're not finding your right. identity from the gal, right. you're, you're finding your identity in the Lord. Um, and, um, but it, it's such an anxious, uh, world. And so I, I just want to, if you're listening to this, I get the anxiety, uh, but I, I'm just encouraging you toward courage, like do the more courageous thing. So that's, that's one little bit of advice. I think that's great, actually, just from a risk stand, like to realize that it is risk. It's risky to love someone. You want someone who will take the risk to even take that initiative. Um, it, it does show that they understand what this is all about, like that you're willing to take risks to get to know someone, like to take some of the costs, some of the pain to actually um, be other focused. And but honestly, that's one of the things we loved about Griffin, who's marrying our daughter, Madeline, is that he uh, took the initiative and he asked her out. And it's like, it's such a, it's also a very freeing thing for everyone to just kind of know, like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the awkward, like, you keep hang showing up where I am. What are we doing? You know, like, People who think they might be dating, but they're not sure. That's right. Another thing I would say to you guys too, on the asking out, um, you know, it's hard for a guy to ask a girl out. It's hard for a girl to like keep saying no. So if you ask a girl out and she's not like, I mean, I'm not saying girls can't change their mind. Like you may ask a girl out and she may change her mind, but if she does, and I'll just say this to ladies, like if you've changed your mind on a guy, you've got to kind of show him that. Like if he's asked you out and you've rejected him, like, you, you know, yeah. you need to show him that you've kind of changed your mind toward him. But guys, if if she hasn't done that, right? If, if if he asked her out, she kindly said no. She has done nothing wrong. She's not mean to do that. And you're not wrong. You're not weird to have asked her out. But if she said no, and um, you know, don't don't keep putting her in that situation where she has to keep telling you no. It's it's just it's just it becomes very awkward. Right. It's not it's not very loving or brotherly. I think to do that, just, just be kind to her, be nice to her. Don't, don't create it where she has to kind of give you a cold shoulder. Uh, just let it lie. Be a good friend, be a good brother in Christ. Any thoughts on the ask out or. Um, yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, how, um, you know, dating is really, you know, for marriage and, you know, for, for a God to be a godly husband, you are to assume that role of initiative and leader. And so, going ahead and working on that as a single man is um, what the Bible calls us, you know, calls you to do. And um, you can go ahead and practice that in dating. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the date, men, same kind of line of thinking, show up with a plan, right? Um, I'm not saying you can't ask for some preferences from the gal, but I I think actually like the first couple of dates, like don't even do that. Just say, yeah, I've got a plan. Ask. This is what we're going to do tonight. You, you may want, you may not want to like pick something that's like super specific, like, but you may just want to say, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to go to this restaurant and we're going to do this and you know, it's going to be fun and pick something that you would like to do. And if she doesn't like it, you know, I mean, if she likes you, she'll like it. And so, you know, I, I say right here, if you can't lead a date, you can't lead a family. Like <laughs> you, 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 you need to show that you can create an organized plan for the night. It doesn't have to be super organized, but an organized plan for the night, show initiative, I'll come, I'll pick you up at such a time. We're going to do this and it's going to be awesome. So I don't know. Any thoughts there? You you don't want a guy that says, what do you want to do tonight? What do you want to do? I know. No. And then no. obviously as you get to know her, it's, it's good to ask her those questions yeah. as you plan future dates. Yeah, and I show up with a plan. Yeah. I do think people worry that like they want to do something that the other person wants. And then you can get again with the anxiety, but the great, um, just a great remedy for that is just to make a plan and, um, invite you know her to it and then see how it plays out instead of getting I feel like when you're what you're talking about just alleviates a lot of the world of anxiety around that can surround the date if you're trying to please the person too much on the front you know I front. agree I agree just just be confident in your plan yeah be confident in the Lord <laughs> all right go. here's here's another one okay when dating and this is more as a the dating relationship develops. It's not that you can't be alone with the other person, meaning like you can sit at the table at a restaurant, you go to walk in the park. And I'm not saying you can never go over to her house or have her, to 
her to your house like alone you know I, I wouldn't like give that ultimate you know um rule but i i'll say this for me in my dating i didn't feel i didn't do that a lot <laughs> at least when i was dating at my best i mean usually if i was like alone and like at night all alone like in an apartment with a girl i mean it just usually like good things did not happen there and i you know i i didn't i don't have this like torrid past but like that's not where i was like pursuing her holiness in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just would say like, if you, if you're fighting for holiness and purity in your dating relationship, like be wise about like where you go, what you do, who you do it with, like set yourself up for success. Like if holiness is the goal, I said this on Sunday, if holiness is the goal of dating, like, you know, I, I would say like, I think the typical meter, not again, not that you can't be alone, but like go on a walk in the park. Like you're probably not going to do something you regret in that situation. <laughs> right. Like go to a restaurant. Like it's, you can be alone. You have very personal conversations, but just, you know, I think being alone in like um, closed off living quarters can lead to uh, some things that you probably not going to be proud of later. Thought, thoughts, comments on that? Yeah. I mean, um, I think, Am I being too? Am I being too prudish there? Or being too no, no, no. I think I you're. Think so. I think you're right on it. I mean, I think as believers, we are to, you know, we're, for, we're first to assess, you know, where where we are with our own self control. You know, I think you need to know. Okay, that's a good. If point. I if I don't have if I have a lack of self control in this area, then I need to have the appropriate accountability. So, kind of knowing where you are with your own ability to to guard that for the men and women. Um, and then the other verse that we go to a lot with this is um, is that we are to not even have a hint of sexual immorality, you know, that we want to be to outsiders. So so let's say for the folks that really don't struggle in this area, you know, have good self-control, they feel totally fine with their physical boundaries. Well, what does it look like even if you're OK to your roommate or to your neighbors if they see someone coming and going late at night? You know, so we just want to kind of look at it from both sides where yeah. mm -hmm. being outside in public, in community, in the light doesn't, it, it it builds up the couple and it builds up others. Right, right. And, you know, and I want to qualify the apartment thing or the house thing. Like, I think if you have roommates, it's a different game. Like, you know, if, if there's people around like in-home hanging out is, is great. You know, right. it's, I'm just talking about more like being all by yourself, like <laughs> in you know, an environment where, you know, there's no accountability there. There's no, there's no one like looking after your holiness, but I think assessing your own self-control is, is very wise, you know? And so, yeah, I think just from an, an, another practical concern is like, you're, uh, you're trying to get to know this person and it's actually really great to see them in different, um, contexts and to be doing stuff together instead of, because I think a lot of times at home you can get lazy and just also, Watch TV, watch TV and not order, actually yeah, yeah. be, um, you know, engaging with one another and learning about each other. All right. Now, this one may be a little controversial. And if you <laughs> um, disagree with me, but the breakup. OK. OK. Now, dun, the th dun, dun. my thing on breakups is this. Usually people break up with another person because of things that like they really can't change, you know, like like. I, I always think like, why are you breaking up with me? Like if my experience usually leads to like, un now if it's just, if you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you need to be the person that like is says like, this is the glaring issue here. You know, I always say in breakups, just have a simple, I don't see this relationship going any further yeah. and, you know, and call it, you know, mm -hmm. let another friend that's going to keep being in their lives help them deal with those like character things or whatever it is that the reason you're breaking up with them. Like, mm -hmm. because if you're going to be like, you're horrible at this, see ya. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. And y'all may disagree with that, but I, on breaking up, I do think that like, you, you know, it's a simple, like, I don't see this relationship going further. And if somebody says that to you, you don't need to press them. Like they don't see the relationship going any further. Like you don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be in the relationship <laughs> with you. And yeah. so, now and then and then after the breakup, I, I really do believe too in a season of uh, separation, not that you're cruel to one another or mean to one another. 
And not that you can never be really good friends again. I think that you can be really good friends again. But and I don't know if I have like a the season needs to last, you know, X long, but a season of healing uh, where you you unwind a little bit, if you will, as a you know, as a couple together. Um, and so, again, you know, don't talk, don't text, don't, you know, let there be a real break after a breakup. And, 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 you know, I don't know, I don't know what the timeline is, you know, I'll give an arbitrary like time of like six months though, for sometimes that may not be long enough, right? Like some people, they may take a long time to get over, but there's a getting over time Mm -hmm. and you can kind of tell when you've, you know, your heart has moved on. And I'm assuming that this is a good relationship. I'm assuming that this is not like a sinful relationship. I'm assuming this was a good relationship, but still just have a time where there's not a lot of contact. There's a, there's a true break. It didn't work out. That stinks. Uh, I said I would talk about breakup songs, but but first let's talk about <laughs> the breakup itself. I don't know any thoughts, or maybe I'll disagree. I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on. I think that I, yes, I agree with you. Um, if if it has gone on a while, a relationship, then you probably do have to talk a little bit more about yeah. um, why you're breaking up. But also, I would hope that at that point, if it was a more established relationship. That the person already talked. Yeah, I was gonna say you've already talked about it, so it's not like you really have to um, go. Because I will say I've never heard of one of those situations that ended like, oh, okay, now I'm satisfied. It's usually, um, you know, just argument for or another opportunity to keep arguing or one person to manipulate the other. Or you know, it it, it does need to have a, a clear end. So I generally agree with you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, you know, dating is evaluating, you know, you're, you're getting to know this person, you're yeah. evaluating, do you want to, um, you know, commit a, a marriage covenant with this person, which is a, you know, it is a weighty decision. And so, you know, I think entering into dating, knowing that this is going to go one or two ways, you know, is, is, I think it's just good to continue to be open-handed and, um, I think that's a good word, you know, yeah. to like, it's like, you are this person doesn't owe you anything <laughs> like in dating mm-hmm. you know the person owes you um you know just to be honest and and yes to treat each other like brothers brothers and sisters in Christ but just because they've agreed to date for a period of time doesn't matter if it's a month or six months or longer like they they have freedom you know to mm-hmm. to to walk away well and 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 that gets to one of the questions that we were asked about like spiritual boundaries or connective boundaries or saying I love you like like what what is owed in the relationship as those things kind of ratchet up and we can get to that but yes I totally agree like I, and I'm a romantic person yeah like I, I love <laughs> romance uh you know I love like you know falling in love like I, I love the whole thing but um to your point Liz like you you I think this is a mistake that people make. We, we're so romantic. We we so have romanticized yeah, yes. the um, you know the the whole like industry of falling in love and dating that like we can only imagine it going you know one way you know <laughs> right. and, and they will live happily ever after. Um, and that's where I think yeah you do have to be sober minded in mm. any relationship. That's probably a good word just to give yeah. to anybody. Like, is there is there sober mindedness in how you're approaching this? You know, or have you like just pushed all the chips in and, you know, and, um, and again, any breakup, I'm, I'm, and I'm not like a hard hearted guy, like breakups are hard and right. they are hard. And, you know, I've talked to people in the last couple of weeks, actually, that have had some really hard breakups and I really hurt for them, mm-hmm. um, because I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and it's, um, it is sad. Now, I, on the other side, I can I can actually now that we'll talk about breakup songs. Like I I I am like to a place now where I can look back at like some of my heartaches like with this like kind of joy, um, yeah. because like a I learned a lot in those situations. Yeah. B you experiencing some you experience something in sorrow and pain that's like and I experience something of the Lord in sorrow and pain that's hard to experience in like really happy times. Um, and so I, one of the things I always say to couples is like, don't, or to people that have broken up, like, don't be ashamed that you're sad. 
Like mm-hmm. it's okay to be sad. Yeah. yeah. And that's true of any sorrow, yes. you know? Yes. And that's why this is my whole thing about breakup mixes. Like I would say like put together like the best breakup mix you can. <laughs> and I've, if you need a breakup mix, you know, feel free to call me. And, and just like, <laughs> and just like embrace this sad thing that has happened in your life while trusting the Lord and trusting that his plans are right. good. But you don't have to feel, you don't have to feel, here's the problem I think Christians kind of make is like we try to escape sadness too quickly. Mm-hmm. Like there's sad things in life and Absolutely. breaking up with someone is really sad. And so don't, don't be ashamed of that. Like it's sad. You're, if you're if you break up with somebody and you're sad about it, like, of course, like, and, and, and don't, don't feel like you have to be like, well, I'm really okay. Or, well, I'm really busy or, well, like, it's like, man, I'm really sad right now. Like I really cared about this person and it didn't work out. Um, and, and I think actually, if you'll just kind of embrace that, you'll you'll actually heal from the sadness and be able to move on quicker than if you try to like falsely move on. Um, so that's one of my things in breaking up is like, it is sad. Don't be ashamed to be sad. Um, admit that you're sad and you'll actually heal. Yeah. And um, learn the things that God has yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. which is a special, like there's, there's things that the Lord can teach you in sadness that he can't teach you in any other time right. yeah. Yeah. just one other thing on on the breakup you know we we are in a culture where i do think there is some you know people just kind of write people off or ghosting and stuff and so i think you know particularly as believers um you know having 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 that conversation you know even if even if it was just a short dating period or not yes. um and being able to um you know to to clear, you know, walk away from the relationship, having a clear conscience that you treated the other person well, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, totally is a, is just, is how we want to treat, you know, it's the brother and sister. Like yeah. how would you want your sister, mm-hmm. you know, somebody might like, you know, I have a sister and like somebody might date her and not want to marry her. That's fine. But how would I want them to break up with her? That's how I want to break up yeah. with, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm married now, but like it, in my <laughs> dating time, and, and I'll be honest, like for me, I mean, just a little like personal, I mean, it, it took me some rounds of time. I mean, I think back to my like early breakups and how immature that they were, um, either because I didn't make a clean break and I just kind of like kept, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to like remove that person from my life. Um, it's like, by the time I finally got pretty good at dating, I fell in love, I got married, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like it. <laughs> I understand that. And that's why it's good to have these kind of conversations. And I would just say, like, talk to older brothers and sisters, like learn from them. Like, I wish somebody would have like practically walked me through some of these things and uh, just been straight with me Um, because, yeah, it's it's a weird world and it is a weird world. And it's like there's so much emotion involved. that It's very easy to make a lot of mistakes on this. Right. Well, it's like when you said, like, you want the person to be holier than when you left them. You want them to be. And of course, they may be sad, but. You want them to be um, at least valued as a person and communication does that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what's so terrible about ghosting or leaving it, you know, un- so unclear and not um, just having that hard conversation, not dragging it out, but having it because love communicates. Um, you need yeah. to like tell them exactly um, what your intention is. We got some really good questions from the folks, but before we do any other like practical things. from Yeah, you actually, thanks for asking. I think, um, one thing I just would love to see more of in dating is the um, just a a friendship, I guess, cultivating friendship and a real curiosity about mm-hmm. other people as opposed to because I do think we can get into this. It is evaluative. I totally agree with you. And you're operating in a marketplace, uh, you know, situation, but you're doing it as a believer. And I love that you rooted this whole thing in the image, us imaging God in these two weeks. And God is not a cynic. God is takes delight in his creation. He takes delight in you. And so there is kind of a just a delight in another person that we can have for a lot of people on a certain level. But obviously, if you're interested in dating them, you'll probably have take more delight. But, you know, just to enter into those conversations with a a true curiosity about who this person is. But then also, I think um, all the other the other things we talk about, about, um, you know, just like in relationships with people believing the best about someone um because that also can help with the breakup you can still believe in the best in someone and not um you know it become like a a value judgment i guess about who people are so and i think just like a real concern for people 
um, would help in the dating, but also in the breaking up, if that's what it comes to. I totally agree. I, I, I think that the marketplace thing can so take over that like finding a mate, finding a boyfriend, finding a girlfriend or whatever can actually become like the number one objective when you go to a social setting mm -hmm. and finding someone to pair up with, which is total marketplace, yeah. that you're not a curious person or you're not mm -hmm. really a kind person. Like you, you should be interested in other women. I'll just speak from a guy's perspective or guys, if you're a girl that, you know, you have, not that you should have any interest in dating them or whatever, but they're just your sister in the Lord that you're interested in. And you want to ask them questions. You want to be a good brother. And like, yeah. and so, but I think like people can move past those kinds of uh, relationships so quickly because, you know, I want to go find this like perfect person or whatever. Yeah. And actually I would say in that, a lot of times people can miss like actually kind of an amazing person. Like, you know, uh, you know, I think people have these like marketplace things. I'm looking for this, this, and this. And so they write off these people that actually like, you know, I'm not saying it's necessarily even going to be a loving uh, or like a romantic relationship, but it right. might be, you know, right. it, it, right. it, you might like find somebody that's like, actually like this person's kind of amazing. I, and like these like three factors that like, I wrote down in my sixth grade journal of like, <laughs> you know, who Prince Charming would be actually aren't really that important. And yeah. uh, the, the qualities that this person have really are kind of amazing. I do think that's how God reveals um, to you who would be a good match. Um, I mean, we think we know and we're allowed to go out into the world and like, you know, who we like. But like you said earlier, mm -hmm. we should also be holding it with open hands and be like, OK, God, like. I'm actually am now interested in this person because I asked um, questions and I found something. And I, I mean, you just hear that story over and over. People are like, I thought I, I wanted this and I kept dating people like this. And then I met, you know, my spouse and it was something different than what you thought. But you finally um, just let God lead you. That's I a guess, good word. Curiosity. Be curious in people. Yeah. That's a good word. Liz, yeah. you got any? Um, yeah, I think I, you know, I've kind of heard that there is some hesitation, I think, for some of our young adult men to ask out women in, in our church just because of that, well, what if it doesn't work out and then it will be awkward and I don't want to hurt our friendship or I don't want to, um, you know, potentially have this be something that is like makes church, you know, hard. And our, you know, our philosophy and kind of pushback to that is like, this is the safest place to date, mm -hmm. you know, is in the church. And, you know, around brothers and sisters, around accountability. And, you know, I think the, the conversation that we've had a lot about is that, you know, maybe taking that pressure off of like, okay, you're just getting to know each other. You're, you're, you're developing a deeper friendship. You're, mm -hmm. you're seeing kind of where this goes. It doesn't have to be that weighty of a mm -hmm. deal if you know the, the beginning of that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I so. think that's one of the big problems with like the Christian dating culture is like, you know, just because, you know, you take a girl on a nice date doesn't mean you have to marry her. I mean, like, it's like just because a guy asks you out, like, you don't need to, like, start, like, picking out your kids' names or, yeah. or you know, or vice versa, yes. you know, no. um, it, you know, it, it, it Christians should have the freedom to, like, ask one another out, go on a couple of dates, evaluate a little yeah. bit, get to know one mm -hmm. another and, you know, it not work out. And like, yeah, it hurts. It stings. It's disappointing but they're not distraught because they haven't like put so much weight into this three date kind of relationship. And again, that's where I think we've romanticized yes. this thing so much that we've put so much pressure on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the pressure actually leads to people, you know, ha having great anxiety and never, mm -hmm. you know, engaging, never being curious, never asking mm -hmm. anyone out. So I think that's such a I think another thing that keeps people from taking the risk of asking people out is we do, there's incredible, putting incredible pressure on ourselves to architect our own life. I mean, we do breathe the air of self-actualization. And I think sometimes people yeah. don't realize that you are, you're taking on too much of the burden of a perfect um, relationship and future marriage that um, we were just talking earlier about the passage, um, Psalm 127, that unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that build it. But that there is something that the Lord is doing in you and this other person and in these relationships. But then also you're called to like get out there and, you know, exercise your faith and, and ask people out on dates and say yes and go on dates. So um, but a lot of people, the anxiety comes from thinking 
it's all on me to figure this out and to find the right person. Yeah, totally. And I think like we live in this, you know, super anxious age where, you know, I've talked about this before, like, you know, Mary Ellen and Ernie Hamilton, who um, are, you know, Mary Ellen's still alive. She's like 90, I think eight. Um, and, you know, but, you know, they were my grandparents, really good friends. They lived on the same road in Sugarlock, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And there was only like five women that Ernie Hamilton could have married. And Mary Ellen <laughs> right. was one of them and they got married and they lived, they were happily married until Ernie died. You know, you know, he's probably been dead 10 years or so now or mm. eight years. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, they had a long, long yeah. marriage together. It was beautiful and it was wonderful. Um, but of course now, like, it's not like that. There's not like five women. It's like every woman on earth you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. is like Seven a potential. Billion, yeah. yeah it's like, and so it's just, it, it, it can be overwhelming if you're living by, and we're quoting Stanley Harawas Hill, Stanley, Stanley Harawas here, this self-fulfillment ethic. I'm going to find the perfect person. And if I find the perfect person, I will be happy and my life will be fulfilled. And that's just not how love and romance mm-hmm. and marriage work. Mm-hmm. It needs to be corrected. Okay. I, I want to get to these questions because the people asked. Okay. And I'm a man of the people. And yeah. so, um, okay. If somebody's already using the title boyfriend with another guy, okay. If some gal's already using the title boyfriend, should you be able to ask her out? Or is there like a Matthew seven twelve love for neighbor, you know, do unto others kind of thing going on here? <laughs> I, don't know. I think we said well for <laughs> we're like these questions are like they're hard because we don't know there's always more questions that we have there's for context the person. yeah there's context so but um i guess we said it does depend on how long i mean the this person has been in this relationship in terms of like how serious it is so i mean you would have what that's one of the great things about dating and community is like you could know like if this is like a okay, these people are actually very interested in each other, then yeah, probably you're not gonna, um, you're not gonna ask them out, uh, especially do that to your friend. I think, as you said, uh, Jason, have love for your friend who's dating her. But if we're, but in this age, we're also in a situation where we have these apps and people are dating multiple people at a time. Um, and so if it's more in that category of the relationship, then yeah, go for it. I agree. Right. So Yes, I mean, it, it depends on like, it, is there like, is has there been an exclusivity boundary drawn? Yeah. You need to respect that. Yeah, you know? but absolutely. If, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when do you say I love you? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If there, I don't have a hard and fast rule on this. One. <laughs> right. But I do. One thing I think I would say is like, you better be like seriously moving toward marriage before I think probably saying I love you. That would be my like, you know. I'm not saying I'm not saying you can't say it until your engagement, you know. Yeah. But I would think you would want to be, you know, it's kind of understood Mm -hmm. that the relationship is moving toward engagement or is, you know, about to. I mean, you know, when I say understood, like you both kind of you you can tell you're both really leaning in toward marriage on this one mm-hmm. i don't know what's your thoughts I and mean, y'all may be a little more yeah um, slow than that well i i think that you know defining terms is important you know love is a very um has a lot of meaning <laughs> you know so so when you say that you love someone you know are you basing that more on your feelings or is it you're you, committing to you like agape committing, him? Yes. Yeah. And it so, would be nice if we had the four words, right? <laughs> right. I yes. Know. I know. I wish I could be like, I feel you. Let's just learn Greek. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's so, you know, the early stages of dating are fun and, mm-hmm. you know, infatuation and all that. Um, a lot of endorphins. And so, you know, I just, I think again, like we, we were mentioning earlier, you know, being, being, having an, an enjoyable time dating for sure, but also being sober minded about your words, because, you know, are you, are you just really going based on feeling and saying something that may actually be more how you feel and you're not quite ready for it to have that weight mm-hmm. of commitment? I think what yeah. happens, especially this is like a guy like me and, and I only, I mean, <laughs> I did tell a few girls. <laughs> Confession. I, but it's because, I mean, and this is like one of the reasons is like, I wanted to like, you know, it's like fun. It's yeah. like, 
and and so that I'm I'm t- I'm not saying that's good. No, I'm I saying know. you need yeah, to avoid yeah, that yeah, temptation. But like the the temptation was, um, you know, yeah, you're you're in the moment. You want to just express like how great this moment mm-hmm. is. Yes. And you get tired of saying like, I really, really like, like you, you, yeah. you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so that I think, you know, can happen, but I mean, yeah. So, you know, are you, commu- are you necessarily communicating like a fundamental commitment to this person by saying, I love you? I, I don't think the answer to that question is yes, but I think you're, I think you're leaning toward that when you say I love you. That's why I would say like and, you you need to be moving toward marriage. Yeah. yeah, and the expectation I think generally is when you it say, creates I love an it. expectation. It creates an expectation mm-hmm. that right. you need yeah. to you're either going to have to communicate clearly on which could be awkward if yeah it's not the one that that's right assumes. that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're so, creating an expectation of engagement and it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like asking out creates an expectation of like going out. Going out creates expectation of engagement. Engagement expect, creates an expectation of marriage. Like, you know, every step of a relationship, mm-hmm, yeah. you're creating kind of a new expectation. And so to say I love you creates, I think, an expectation I, of engagement. Yeah. That's what I'm... Yeah. Definitely. And it kind of goes back to what we said, be sober-minded in dating. Mm-hmm. So you are going to have to pray, ha- exercise self-control. I know. Yeah. For a guy like me that struggles <laughs> with all this, like, I just get... I just get into it, you right, know, yeah. I just am having fun. I, you know, I don't know. And okay. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. One other thing on that is I, I think too, you know, if let's say the, the guy is ready to ex- you know, express his love through saying, I love you. You know, I think it would, it would be good to also say, you know, and you can think about this. You don't feel like you have to reciprocate. You know, I think also just, I think that can also with the expectation when someone mm-hmm. says, I love you. The other person might feel like they have to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I think that's where it's good to, you know, to, to continue to have communication around, hey, this is where I am, this is how I feel, this is yeah. this is this is where I am with this um statement of of love. Okay. I, this next question kind of goes along with this whole like sober minded self control thing. Um and it's uh it's it uses different words. I think I know what the person's trying to ask. And so I'll answer what I think they're trying to ask, and then I'll answer what they actually did ask. Okay, so it says playing hard to get versus putting all your cards on the table at the beginning, you know? Mm. So I think what we've been saying, and I'll just echo it, is you should be self-controlled in Mm a dating relationship. So yeah, I mean, even if you're having a feeling, having a feeling doesn't necessarily mean you have to say that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think like weighing your feelings, and, and especially if you're kind of a sentimental or romantic person, um, you know, um, you know, I had a thought this morning and I like got, I was like, you know, I was like, this is like my like morning getting ready in the shower thought. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I need to think about that for about 10 minutes. It wasn't about like romance or anything. It was about, it was just about like, you know, a work thing. And as I thought about it 10 minutes, I had like totally changed my mind. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm glad I kind of <laughs> yeah, thought about that for a second. And I, you know, know myself well enough to like think about that. So anyway, that's what I say. Like you, 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 you need to know yourself, like, what is genuine? What are you just excited about? Um, you should be self-controlled. But I, I also don't think, like, playing hard to get, I, I don't like that idea of, like, trying to be desirable in, like, a minimalistic way. Like, I mean, that doesn't feel very loving towards your brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, like, putting all your cards on the table can just sometimes just be evidence it's not it's not genuine either it's just evidence of lack of self-control so that's there i don't know that's kind of how i'd answer that one i don't really love the question even though i love the person asking it whoever you are (laughs) but like i uh i feel like yeah i mean i would i would use maybe more biblical words like self like showing self-control and maybe being genuine yep you know those ideas right yeah because when you say things like playing hard to get it sounds like you're engaging in like the power dynamics of flirting and mm-hmm. that manipulation and that kind of thing as opposed to just you know um being a good sister yeah being exactly brother, yeah. being a good sister good brother yeah all right this was an interesting question that came in it was all about um the family you know, we're not going back to arranged marriages, yeah. much as I may want to with my children. 
But how do how do parents actually practically play uh, a more involved, more um, you know, grounded role in the dating relationship with their children? Uh, the person says, you know, it feels like parents have basically abdicated that, you know, the the asking for the daughter's hand is kind of a formality. And I think I mentioned mm-hmm. that in one of the sermons. How, you know, so how, I mean, Jennifer, you've just gone through yeah. this. You've, yeah. you've just blessed your daughters. Did, I mean, I guess exactly. Griffin, you know, did, I'm he sure, did. ask for yeah. Matt's blessing. No, he came and talked to Matt for a good while. We had a great conversation. Gosh, so, Matt McClish. I mean, what a father-in-law. I mean, the perfect father-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. How how involved is the family? And I think like there's a few things to think about principle wise. One is, um, you know, this kind of stuff starts. This is what we're trying to do with our kids all along the way is establish the kind of relationship that's um, open and honest and um, that we can uh, that our kids want to like talk to us about hard things that we haven't created these boundaries, you know, like not listening or always um, trying to push your opinion especially as they get older so i mean a lot of it starts before they even start dating but then um when they are dating someone just um i mean <laughs> you know our daughter was out of the house and working and living on her own but both of them were and so um we heard about him and we had the benefit of going to the same church so that's very nice um and so we but we had to intentionally meet him and then intentionally spend time but I think another thing that we realized early on, because this is our oldest, is that parents do have a lot of influence over their children, especially when you have like um, developed that kind of relationship. And so just for us, we had to pray, like be wise in, um, you know, not exercising too much influence. I mean, like you want to let, I mean, this is the person that your child is going to marry and commit to. Right, so right. they need to know them and so i mean you really are kind of in this guide like coaching thing but um but i do think it's important to meet them or to if you don't live in the same city to just hear you know to get information about the person in a a curious way like i want to get to know them right yeah 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 i mean i i I think that um you know, really starting these conversations as early as possible because, you know, we're in a digital age and, you know, your children are going to get influenced by the world every which way, you know. So we want our families to influence their children with the gospel and with um, biblical principles as much as possible. And I think it's just really spending intentional time with your children talking to them about what marriage is, talking to mm-hmm. them about, you know, your your relationship with your husband and wife. And um, because, you know, if if you aren't openly talking to them about it, then the world is influencing them. And then the verse to go along with what, Jennifer, you were just talking about, we talk about this a lot um, with parent-children, teen relationship, 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13. Paul writes to the Corinthians, we have spoken freely to you, open, our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. Uh, in return, widen your hearts also. So um, this is really, you know, to encourage children and teens that you are, uh, your parents are to be a part of your life, including who you're talking to, including who your friends are, including who you're dating because um, they are to help shepherd and guide mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to not restrict or um, hide or close that away. So it's a two-way street too. Yeah, that's a good word. Definitely. And um, I just cannot emphasize that more. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a way as a parent, you can kind of exasperate your kids yes. in this. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, I was telling a story, there was a gal that I wanted to ask out and she was like, and I was like, want to ask her to lunch. She was like, well, you need to go talk to my father. And I'm like, I just want to go to lunch, like you know, like and so yeah, made it too weighty. I, I, yeah, yeah, and it almost felt like a little like legalistic. Like it's like okay, well, if I create this, you know, if I build this house perfectly, and I, I think the father was a great guy, but like if I build this house perfectly, then you know my child would be perfectly safe. And I, and I do think that like to your point, like there there are conversations I'm having with my child right now, and uh, you know we're eleven nine seven that is creating trust and. And, and I'm, I'm creating values that they're going to then take with them mm-hmm. out into the world. Um, 
And then again, I would hope that they would invite me in, you know, and that, um, and so I, you know, I've certainly in terms of abdicating, like, you know, the decision that my child makes on who they're going to marry. I mean, that's one of the biggest decisions they're going to yeah. make. I would never abdicate that. I, I want to be very involved with that. But, yes. you know, to some degree, I do have to realize, like, we, we, we live in an age where the leaving happens before the cleaving, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. I and, and what does an age with leaving mean mm-hmm. for me when I have an adult child that has left mm-hmm. the house? I mean, my sister, you know, is not married. She lives in Kuwait. I mean, you know, there's only like so much influence <laughs> my parents are going to be able to have over her because she lives in Kuwait and right. it's not wrong for her to live in Kuwait. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of that influence that they have is the influence they've had yes. that hopefully she carries forward. Mm-hmm. But I think even like with the conversations that you have while your child is dating, you can hear like the way they talk about them, maybe the things that they're valuing, the things that they're getting excited about. And you can like affirm that, but also coming around, you know, asking questions about like, well, how does he respond when, um, you know, have y'all had any disagreements or like, how does he respond when you um, share your opinion or have y'all had a difference of opinion yet? But like not in a, I mean, I always, sometimes we're just like, don't be weird. Like Matt and I are just like, okay, we, we don't want to be weird, but also we're just reminding you that we're like for you mm-hmm. and we know you and, um, you know, keeping because people do get caught up, um, <laughs> in the romance. I mean, you know, people, know. we've had kids that date and we're like, okay, we can tell you're having a really good time here, but like you are missing some things. <laughs> like yeah. we need to like, uh, talk about it. So. Okay. Last question. I feel like we go on all day, but mm-hmm. man, Will's given us the look like oh. guys enough is enough, okay. you know, but we do have the live, we have the live Q and a July 16. Okay. But let's talk about some boundaries here. This is a question about spiritual boundaries, right? So what are the kind of spiritual, I mean, obviously you want to talk about God and your faith, but like, can you get too like spiritually close in a relationship or too spiritually? Oh, too spiritually intimate. It's my mom calling. <laughs> anyway, so Good she's still being involved. Yeah, she's still involved. Um, can you be too spiritually intimate? And then the, the kind of the question the person asked uh, along with this is, um, you know, what are, the, are there things that you should like wait for engagement to talk about, um, or things that like you know, like when should you talk about like past sexual sins, or when should you talk about um, you know, maybe things that, you know, are a little more private in your life or finances even, um, you know, can you give like, just some, like when should, and obviously I'm guessing this person is like moving toward engagement there. I think they're saying like, should we start talking about these things, you know, now or later or, or what? So I have some thoughts on this, but let me, let me start with, let me start with Liz. So again, I think it's, it's not one size fits all, you know, um, uh, a big precursor, you know, and again, I, I echo what you mentioned earlier, Jennifer, just the, that, you know, we're first in a, in a covenant with God and, you know, as a brothers and sisters in Christ, a church family. And part of that is, is, is being committed to submitting to the Lord, submitting to each other as brothers and sisters, submitting to the authority, you know, in the church and, working out our salvation, working out our sanctification and really assessing, you know, kind of where you are with your own sanctification. You know, so are, if you're if you're entering into dating and you still have a lot of maturity to go in terms of uh, eradicating habitual sin, mm-hmm. um, you know, other, you know, other areas where you're, you, you know, you really could work on and you're not quite ready to invite someone into that, you know, that's kind of a place to start whether or not you really should be moving into these conversations that, that are more geared to pre, you know, premarital. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're, you're growing in maturity of the Lord, you, you really feel, you know, and you have that, uh, you know, affirmation from other people in your life that you're in a good place, then I do think that talking through um, these topics on a uh, surface level is good, you know, in that evaluation of dating. Yeah. Um, you know, again, some people date 
for you know a couple months and get engaged and you know they're from dating to they're they're saying i do at the altar is a year so that's not that long of a time and so it's good to go ahead and start having some of those conversations so it really is it, it it's kind of hard to give a one size fits yeah. all but um i think assessing kind of your readiness for marriage and your readiness for dating is a good good place to start mm. that's good you know, the, the spiritual intimacy one, I mean, so my thoughts on that are like, is it is it really spiritual intimacy we're talking about? Or is it like <laughs> some sort of like kind of an emotional intimacy we're talking about? Yeah. So like, I wouldn't like go down, go into a closed door bedroom and kneel down on the bed and pray together. Not because praying together is bad, but because like, if you start doing something that's like very emotionally intimate, like in a setting like that, like that can be like a very like close emotional tie. Mm -hmm. But like if it's like you and your boyfriend, you know, in like hanging out in the Covenant Lounge, like praying after a service for 30 minutes, like mm -hmm. that's kind of amazing. Like, you know, and so like it would be great with any like mm -hmm. sister in Christ. Right. And mm -hmm. so like. I, I kind of think, or like you and your, you know, I mean, if, if the three of us like sat down and had like a Bible study together, my two sisters and the Lord here, like, I mean, and it was like very deep and very intense, like, okay, like that's amazing, you know? Yeah. And so I think where people mess up with yeah. this is that like, there, there's like an emotional intimacy yeah. that may not be a, appropriate for a dating or an engagement relationship that like Bible study is kind of the cover for prayer <laughs> is kind of the cover for. And so like, uh, yeah, I mean that, that it's that, like getting the benefits of marriage without the commitment. Like if you're going to go that like where you have like marriage is a, um, you know, emotionally supportive. I mean, there is an intimacy on, um, more than just the sexual intimacy. And sometimes I do think people are looking for that kind of depth before they're willing to make, like certain commitments yeah. to one another. And so, but that's like something you have to test, I think, what your motives actually are with this person. I mean, if you feel that close to, you both want to like share that kind of emotional intimacy, then it's like, what, then why are we not moving towards closer to and, um, engagement? Yeah, and, 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 and uh, yeah. And I think that like, uh, right, I totally agree. And I think that like sometimes spiritual intimacy I mean, this is kind of horrible to say, but I do believe that like we can kind of use spiritual intimacy to breed deeper emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's hard to like, I can't say you're doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, it's hard to like, you just have to kind of know your own heart on that. Like, am mm -hmm. I kind of like putting forward my own spiritual struggles or my own spiritual growth or whatever as a way to kind of like manipulate the other person's like, emotional connection to me and again right. I, I don't mean to seem like um that i'm being skeptic uh, skeptic of people's motives there yeah. but i yeah. do think people do that yeah mm -hmm. and i just think that's something you got to be careful of and i think right. people do that with you know it doesn't have to be a spiritual issue people do it with all sorts of things and mm -hmm. so that's why i say like i think it's to me the bigger issue is like the emotional bond mm -hmm. um like we should feel really close like as brothers and sisters in christ but it shouldn't become this dependent codependent yeah, yeah. emotional bond mm -hmm. that I think like spiritual connection can lead to. Right. But the spiritual connection itself is not the issue. I think that's the way I'd say that. And then in terms of conversations, like, you know, I think I would say kind of a similar thing with the whole like engagement versus date. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm more like if you're moving toward marriage, like, like, you, you know, I, I don't think it's inappropriate. Um, to start talking about like, you know, obviously past relationships or finances. Here's here's where I think it can become bad and manipulative though, is where, you know, I do think like engagement creates an environment to where now it is decided we are moving toward marriage. And so, you know, that's, you know, you've created a new expectation, right? And so um, I have a friend, you know, when, we were in college, he was dating a girl and they came to Atlanta and they went and like looked at houses together. Okay, well that, and then they broke up, right? Well, <laughs> that creates an expectation, mm -hmm. you know, 
that like we're going to get married. Mm -hmm. And so if like you're having a conversation about finances of like, you know, well, when we get married, we're going to have the same checkbook or whatever. Right. Like that's different than like, I've got a bunch of student debt, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and so I think it's like, w what kind of emotional connection is this conversation or what expectation is this conversation creating? Mm -hmm. Is it just informative? Like I could tell you guys, like, you know, I don't have any student debt, but let's say I did like, I've got a bunch of student debt. That doesn't yeah. like make y'all emotionally closer to me. Or anything. <laughs> right. It just, it might even like, be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like it's, watch it's out for this guy. Sharing yeah. relevant information. Right, right. But it yeah, but yeah, that's exactly. a but yeah, that's a great thing for a obviously a dating couple to mm -hmm. like talk about. Um, but like what creates this kind of like I think like you you've got to be careful. Like if you're it's it's kind of to the I love you conversation mm -hmm. that we had earlier. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're creating an expectation for the next thing, yeah. you should be moving toward for the next thing. thing. Yeah. And so and, and I think if you're not doing that, if you're not careful about that, that's where it can become, mm -hmm. you know, selfish and and manipulative and, and, and not and not helpful. Yeah, I think the the thing, too, with this and it might it might allude to this question or this question might be alluding like the also the, um, you know, kind of the the timing in this, because, you know, you're you're kind of at the age where you're, you know, ready, ready to get married and you know, this other person's a believer. It can, I think there can be this temptation of like, okay, well, let's like, let's just hit the ground running and let's get all this out there and let's just really um, figure out, you know, if we we're going to move forward. And I think there needs to just, again, be a lot of wisdom. I want to encourage the men, you know, to lead well in this and also for, for the women to be um, discerning and, and is that, you know, there is, there is no, again, no cookie cutter in someone deciding to get married at a certain time. You know, some people might be ready to, to move forward in three months, some people six months, some people a year, you know, we're not going to sit here saying that you have to date a certain amount of time, but to make the assumption that the other person is like ready to kind of move forward if you are, you know, again, isn't, isn't really loving. Mm -hmm. And as I think it's just good to, you know, start, you can start having these conversations, but also kind of reading and having those conversations around, you know, you might be ready to move forward, but the other person might not be. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say though, is, I mean, I do think there is like a little bit of a shelf life on, a God honoring Christian relationship. Like, and I'm not saying that that's a year or whatever, but I mean, it's probably not five years. Like it's <laughs> kind of like at yeah. some point, you know, the, the purpose here is to move to marriage. Right. And mm -hmm. so, it, you know, and, and, or, or to, or to break up or to right. love yeah. break up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you, you kind of, there, there is a point where it's not doing anyone any good yes. just to not have movement one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and, and, and here's the deal, like you, you're never going to, I mean, you know, you're never going to be 100% sure. Like it mm -mm. could be like the perfect person. And the day after you get married, like that person get diagnosed with cancer and you got to like live with it. I mean, you know, it's like, you're never going to be to mitigate all like risk. I mean, this gets back to the very thing we said, like, like marriage is risky, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I think that's just something that you have to keep in mind. There's one other little thing and then we got to go, but, um, the purity culture, um, <laughs> the, 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 my critique of the purity culture, you know, on Sunday in the sermon wasn't that people shouldn't be pure. I hope that was not heard at all. I do think like, and, and I didn't have time to get into this really, but like the purity culture created this like morality or moralism that like is kind of ultimately self-centered. Like if you don't have sex before you're married, when you get married, you will have amazing sex. I mean, that's kind of how it was talked about when I was a kid. And I'll just go ahead and say like, that's not really true. Like when you get married, like you may not have a lot of regrets, you may not have a lot of past baggage, but you know, I'll, I'll just say as like a married man, like, you, you know, your, your, your sex in marriage gets better it, 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 with time because like, you got to cultivate that. Like you've got to cultivate that part of your relationship. And so it's not like, you know, the level of purity <laughs> before marriage is like this one for one to like the amount of sexual enjoyment in marriage. Right. The, the, the reason that you're pure before marriage, uh, the reason that you don't want to 
invite unholiness in your life before marriage is because you want to know God and you want to love God and you want to stay in communion with God. Like that has to be the reward or else it's just some sort of self-centered moralism. And that's, mm-hmm. that's true with, you know, purity. That's true with like tithing, like don't tithe. So you'll get rich someday. You know, yeah. that's a, that's another kind of one of those things. No tithe because you like love God. Now you trust God that he's going to take care of you and he's a loving father. But, you know, I, I think there's like all these little, you know, kind of moralistic lies that get told in evangelical Christian circles that can be ultimately damaging. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those came out of the purity culture. So that that was the critique that I would offer. Um, and really, like the, the message should have been like, if you're a child of God, you'll love God and you'll want to serve God and you will want to represent God and you want to be a good brother to your sisters and sister to your brothers in the Lord. So, yeah. Anyway, gosh, so much more, but we got to go now. We got to turn it off. But July 16, how long have we been going, Will? This is our longest talk back ever. So, but there's so, I feel like there's so much more to say, but we can't. Largest population in our church or half our church. We can't say it today though. You'll have to come back. So for Jennifer McClish and Liz Franchot, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Once again, thank you for listening to the Sermon Talkback podcast. If you have any other questions after listening, or if there's anything else you'd like to discuss with one of our pastors, please don't hesitate to engage our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And once again, if you'd like to find more resources from our church like this one, please visit ChristCovenant.com forward slash resources. Thank you and have a blessed week.